Bibles tonight, if you will, and turn to Matthew chapter number 2. Matthew chapter number 2. Isn't it amazing? I mean, after preaching for, uh, you know, for 32 years just at this church and uh, preaching on Christmas a lot, and, uh, and every time you go back to this Christmas story, there's something that's fresh there. Um, I have, I, don't, I didn't go back and check. I would say I have dozens of outlines on Christmas that I've preached through the years here at Calvary Baptist Church. Um, but I loved, I just, I, you know, the more, the more I do it, the more I love Bible study. And uh, maybe it hasn't always been that way, not, not near as much, I'm sure. But, uh, but, but now I just, it's not a drudgery for me to study the Bible. It's really a joy. I, I, I really, man, I look forward to it. And I also look forward to giving you something fresh because I know the Lord's got something fresh for us if, we, if we're willing to, to dig a little bit. And I'm just amazed. I, you know, I'm just amazed at this book. I, it, it just, every time I go there, there's something else there. There's something fresh there. And I'm excited because God gives me something fresh and I get to give you something fresh. And, uh, and I hope that's, that's the way it will be tonight. I want to talk to you about the wise men and the way of salvation. And so Matthew chapter 2 in your Bibles, let me give you one last opportunity to stretch your legs. And uh, I know you worked uh, a long, hard day today and just get the blood sort of flowing so you can uh, maybe uh, hopefully pay attention and get something from God's Word this evening. We're going to read the first 12 verses. And uh, familiar, familiar, you've read these uh, before, but let's read them again and let's see if we can get something fresh from God's Word tonight. Matthew 2 verse 1 now, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor, that shall rule my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had privately called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child, and when ye have found him, bring me word again, that I may come and worship him also. When they had heard the king... They departed, and lo, the star, which they saw in the east, went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshiped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. You may be seated this morning or tonight, and I'm going to talk to you about that subject, the wise men and the way of salvation. And, and so let's go to the Lord tonight, and I'm going to try to keep this somewhat brief this evening, and we should get you out of here uh, same time we normally do, and we typically try to get you out of here about around 8.30. So let's pray. And uh, we'll jump into this Bible study tonight. I hope it'll be a help to you. Father, we love you and thank you so much for the privilege to be here tonight. And Heavenly Father, we want to plead that blood that Brother Ethan and Miss Heaven just sang about. Lord, we plead the blood, the blood of Jesus, the blood of the Son of God, not just any blood, but Lord, that precious blood. 
Lord, that verse, uh, 1 Timothy 2, 7, unto you therefore which believe, he is precious. And Lord, we, we plead that precious blood tonight over this service, over this preacher, over these people. And Heavenly Father, uh, truly, you are blessing. There's no doubt about it. I don't, I don't think anybody can debate that. God, you're blessing. What you're doing here is marvelous. Uh, you're doing something supernatural. God, you're doing something in such a way that, Lord, really, only you can receive the glory from it. And you're the only one we want to receive the glory from it. But Heavenly Father, we also know that the powers of darkness would love, love, love to tear this thing apart. God, they would love to dismantle this ministry, this church. They would love to discredit us. And, uh, but God, we plead the blood. And I pray, Heavenly Father, that you'd put a hedge around us, a hedge of your protection. We, we need it. We, we need it bad. And I pray tonight now that, Lord, you'd touch our people, that you'd breathe life into them and energy so they could listen. And I pray the word of God would come alive in our hearts and our minds tonight and that Jesus, the Savior, would receive glory and praise from all that's done. Help us, please, Lord. We love you. We praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. And for his sake and all God's people said, amen. Well, how many know that Jesus and salvation really are the theme of the entire word of God. You could start in Genesis and work your way all, all the way through to the book of Revelation and you'll find out that the Bible pretty much has a common theme and that common theme is Jesus and that common theme is his salvation. Jesus said it like this in John five thirty nine: search the scriptures for in them ye think ye have eternal life and they are they which testify of me. They are they, the scriptures. The scriptures are those things that testify of me. And without a doubt, the story of the Christmas, uh, the story of Christmas revolves around the Christ child and his reason for coming. And I think it's important for us to understand that Christ didn't merely come to this earth, but Christ told us exactly why he came to this earth. We find that in Luke chapter 19, verse number 10, the Bible says, for the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. That's why Jesus came. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. That was the main thing. By the way, Calvary, may we always keep the main thing, the main thing at Calvary Baptist Church. And, uh, and I'm, not against, uh, uh, I'm not against all the extracurricular things that, that may go on in a church or may go on in this church. There's nothing necessarily wrong with that as long as it's not sinful. But uh, I would just encourage us to always keep the main thing the main thing. And the main thing at Calvary Baptist Church is that people be saved and that the kingdom be built and that uh, Christ ultimately received glory from that. And all of Scripture testifies to this, but most especially the Christmas story. But as you begin to read the Christmas story in Matthew chapter 1 and Matthew chapter 2 and Luke chapter 2 and Luke chapter 3, uh, one of the things you'll find out is that uh, very beautifully interwoven into the story of Christmas are other little personal stories. Uh, the wise men and the shepherds and Joseph and Mary and, and, uh, and so many other things. But every one of these stories that you find in the Christmas story bear witness to what I said just a moment ago, that Jesus is really the reason for the season. And it's all a picture of Jesus and a picture of salvation. Well, I want to take a few moments tonight. Just We got about 
We got about 20, we got about 30 minutes. But I want to show you how the story of the wise men, that's a good for instance tonight. I want to show, show you how the story of the wise men is a absolutely perfect picture of salvation. I mean, just absolutely perfect. And only the Lord could write this book that we're reading tonight. So let me show you about that a little bit tonight. Number one, and I'm just gonna, I'm gonna let y'all put the points up there. But number one, we notice a reason for their coming. When I say their coming, I'm talking about the wise men. We notice a reason for their coming. Look at Matthew chapter two in your Bibles tonight. Look at verse number one. The Bible says, now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, notice this, the Bible says, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem. Now I've got that underlined in my outline. There came wise men from the east to Jerusalem. Jerusalem. Most scholars at least tend to believe that probably these wise men came from Babylon or, or Persia or along that, that area right then. And you know what that means, church? That means that these wise men traveled probably at least 900 miles. Now, this was before the days of Cadillac and Chevrolet and, and, uh, and uh, all those kinds of things. Can you imagine? I mean, really, can you imagine that? Can you imagine traveling 900 miles on a camel? And you know, again, I think sometimes we don't really stop to really just think about this. I remember years ago, I don't even want, you know, I'm just, uh, my mind works in mysterious ways. Amen. I remember years ago, daddy, dad used to ride horses. He was all about horses. We, we usually had horses growing up, horses and cows and, and all kinds of things. And I can remember uh, one weekend, we, uh, me and my dad and I think my uncle and anyway, several of us went on a horseback ride and I'm not talking about a mile or two. I'm talking about all day long. We rode horses all day long, up hills, down hills, through the woods, down the path. And, uh, and by the way, I loved it. I loved every, I loved every minute of it. And I was, a, I, I guess I was probably, uh, probably 15, 16 years old at the time. But I can remember, you know what, we weren't, I wasn't, I wasn't used to riding that much. And so I can remember after that ride, uh, anybody ever heard of saddle sores? Well, I had them. That's a real thing, by the way. That's a real thing. I mean, listen, we rode, rode, rode until I had saddle sores. Now, we rode the greater part of a day. These guys came from over 900 miles away. And by the way, church, uh, just something interesting. I'll just point some things out tonight. These wise men came not looking for a baby. They came looking for a child. They, they knew what they were gonna find. They did not come looking for a babe in a manger. So, you know what? I know what some of the pictures show sometimes, but that's not, you know, and it's really cute, but it's not biblical. These wise men didn't get there and say, oh, wow, he grew up. No, they knew. Before they got there, they knew he was gonna be a child, not a babe in a manger. They knew he was gonna be a child. In fact, look at several verses in your Bible. Matthew chapter two, verse seven is uh, uh, interesting verse seven, then Herod, which Herod was a wicked, wicked man. Then Herod, when he had privately called the wise men, uh, inquired of them diligently, what time the star appeared. Hey fellas, when did you first start seeing the star? That's what he's wanting to know. 
When did you see that star appear? Now, he knew the prophecy behind that. And so he wanted to know when, how long has it been that you've been seeing that star? In other words, if that star appeared when he was born, uh, you know, when did you start seeing that star? Verse 8, and he sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search diligently for the, notice the words, for the young child. Uh, So this was not a babe in a manger. Notice verse 11, Matthew 2, verse 11. And when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child. And so by this time, Mary and Joseph had transitioned from the manger. They've transitioned from the the little stable, a little uh, shepherd's cave, whatever it was. They have transitioned from that into the house. And uh, and so now Jesus has grown. He's at least probably a year and a half old, maybe two years old. Uh, And so he's definitely older. Uh, when they come. But here's a question I want to ask you tonight and a question I want to try to answer. Why did the wise men seek him anyway? I mean, think about it. They're, they're, they're 900 miles away. We don't have, there's no such thing as newspapers. There's no such thing as Wi-Fi, internet. There's no such thing as Google. There's no such thing as Facebook. I mean, uh, there's no such thing as telephones or teletypes or uh, anything like that. And yet these men who live 900 miles away come seeking the Christ child. Somebody says, preacher, How? Why did, they, why did they come seeking? Well, this is pretty neat. More than likely, these wise men came because of what they had heard from others. Did you just believe that Daniel, who was taken captive to Babylon, and by the way, 500 years before the birth of the Christ child, it's believed that Daniel, and of course most of you know Daniel was a slave and, uh, and, and he was brought into the kingdom there in Babylon and Daniel was promoted. He was made one of the magi, uh, one of the wise men. And they believe that Daniel, once Daniel got into that place, that position of influence, that Daniel began to teach those magi biblical prophecy rather than magic and witchcraft and uh, sorcery and astrology and all those things that they had normally been learning, that Daniel the man of God began to teach them biblical prophecy and so these magi in Matthew chapter 2 would have been descendants of those earlier magi that Daniel would have influenced and so these men follow me now these men knew to look for the Messiah because of what they had previously heard that's how they knew that's how they came that's why they came because of what they had previously heard I thought about Romans 10 verse 14 How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. And then Romans 10 verse 17 says it like this. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Did you know this is a wonderful picture of salvation? This is how people come to know the Lord by what they hear. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. These men came 900 miles away, from 900 miles away because of something they had heard and it 
pique their interest. And of course, the Holy Spirit was working. And friend, that's exactly how, how God saves souls today. And so that leads me to say this, just keep sowing the seed, amen? Just keep sowing the seed. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. When you're in break room at work, man, just talk about Jesus. And when you're in your family reunions and your Christmas get-togethers, just talk about Jesus. And, and when, they, uh, when they know that you go to church and so you're getting ready to have the, the meal and they don't want to have the meal without saying a blessing because they think that might offend you. And so they say, uh, uh, would you pray? Would you say the blessing? Man, do it. Do it. Go ahead and say the blessing. When you say the blessing, man, just go ahead and put Jesus in there a little bit. Amen. And say, uh, oh, Jesus, we're so thankful for this ham and we're so thankful for this macaroni and oh, God, we're so thankful for these mashed potatoes and gravy. And uh, but oh, more than that, Lord, we're thankful that you loved us so much that you sent your only son, Jesus. And Jesus came and lived 33 and a half years of perfect life. He came as the son of God, the lamb of God. And he took my sins on him. And oh, happy day, happy day when I trusted Jesus and he washed my sins away. And, and I'm just saying, hey man, just share, just share the gospel and, and just plant the seed. Why? Because faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You see, this is a perfect, perfect picture of salvation. By the way, church, I thought about this too. Think about it. These wise men came. I mean, ultimately, it's believed they came because of the testimony of Daniel. I mean, way back when. And, and I want to ask this question. Do people want to seek Christ after being around you? I mean, Daniel made, a, Daniel made an impact. Daniel really changed some lives. And because of that, man, people, they wanted to find out more about this Messiah. They wanted to find out more about this Jesus. They wanted to find out more about this governor, this, this, this mighty prince. They, they wanted to find out more about him. And oh, listen, when people are around you, those people that you work with, those people that you go to school with, those people that you live beside, uh, when they listen to you and see your testimony and see your lifestyle, does it make them want to seek the Christ job? And so we see a reason for their coming. Number two, we see, a, we, we, we see a relationship established. Oh, I love this. I love this. We see a relationship established. You know what? The Bible, aren't you glad we have a perfect Bible tonight? And everything's put just where it's supposed to be put. And I want you to notice, it's interesting how the Bible words this exact story. For instance, in Matthew 2 verse 9, we notice the wise men heard. Look there if you will. Matthew chapter two and verse number nine. The Bible says, the, wise, uh, the Bible says, when they had heard the king, they departed. And lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. So the wise men heard. Look at verse 10. They'd only heard, but the wise men saw. Look at verse number 10. When they saw the star. They rejoiced with exceeding great joy. But church, watch this now. It went from them hearing, it went from them seeing, finally it went to them experiencing. Look at Matthew chapter 2, verse 11. Now, don't forget, it says, and when they heard, and then it says, and when they saw, and then verse 11, the Bible says, and when they were come into the house, 
They saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshiped him. When they had opened their treasures, they presented to him gifts, gold, and frankincense, and myrrh. You say, Pastor, where are you going with this? Think about it. Formerly, formerly, there was a knowledge of Christ. They knew about him. They heard about him. They saw the star. They, they had a knowledge of Christ, but now the knowledge of Christ has turned into a, a relationship with Christ. You see, now they've actually saw him. Now, they, now they've actually experienced him. Now they've actually met him. Oh, they had heard and heard and heard all these wonderful things and they saw the star and they heard the king talk about him and they heard all these things, but now they've actually, listen, they, they've actually, hey, it's went from all, now they've actually met him. And you know what, church, I'm not so sure. There's a real good chance they've actually touched him. You know what, when you see a little, when you see a, a, a cute, cute little child, you know what's hard not to pinch a cheek or hold their little hand or something like that? I can see these wise men coming into the house and they're bearing these precious gifts and, and uh, oh, listen, they've experienced him. They, 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 they went from hearing about him. They went from seeing different things and now they've come into his very presence. They've searched and they've searched and they've searched, but now they found him. What a true picture of genuine salvation. What do you mean, preacher? Many have a knowledge of Christ, but it's never developed into a relationship. A lot of people know about him. People say, I know about him. Preacher, I took a college course on him. Friend, it's more than taking a college course on Jesus. It's more than just having a, a historic intellect. It's more than just knowing about him. Uh, these men knew about him, but it went from knowing about him to a full-blown relationship. And by the way, for that matter, that's why we don't really promote religion at Calvary Baptist Church because you can be religious and you can be lost. And so we're not all about promoting religion. We're about promoting a relationship. A, uh, listen, a religion can help a person, but a relationship can change a person. A religion may help a person, but it won't save a person. But oh, I'm glad if you ever come to the place where you, where you finally meet him. Amen. You may have heard about him. You may have sang about him. You may have heard him preached about. You may have read a gospel track. But oh, I want to tell you something. If you ever come to the place where you come into his presence and, and you meet him face to face, and I want to tell you what, and you ask him into your life, hey, I want to tell you what, that relationship, that relationship will change you. Oh, man, what a perfect picture of salvation. We see a reason for their coming. We see a relationship established. Look at this third thing, church. Man, hang in there with me now. Number three, we see a rendering of worship. Look at Matthew chapter 2, verse 11 again. And the Bible says, and when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and what'd they do? They worshiped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented in him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And I wrote this down when they finally met him. When they finally, now hang in there with me, church. Come on now. Tune in. When they finally met him, when they finally came into his presence, isn't it amazing how worship just came natural when they finally met him. I mean, when they finally, 
For 900 miles, they've been traveling for months and months. They've been following this star. Maybe for years, they've heard about him. They've heard the prophecies. Man, they've heard the teachers teach. They've heard all these different things about the Messiah. And now for these 900 hard, arduous miles, hills and valleys and, and robbers and desert. And, uh, and man, they've been traveling and traveling and traveling. But oh man, I want to tell you what, when they finally came into his presence, isn't it amazing how the Bible says they worshiped? Did you know if you ever truly experience him, you'll want to worship? And nobody's going to have to prime you. Nobody's going to have to beg you to raise your hand. Nobody's going to have to, you know, beg you to come to an altar, beg you to bow down. I'm just, amen, amen, yeah, 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 I'm telling you. And, 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 I, and I, I thought about this, man, as God was giving me this point, I thought about this. You know, this explains the disconnect between those who have a relationship and those who have a religion. You see, those who've experienced him have a desire to serve him. Those who've really come into his presence, oh, oh, I want to tell you something. I'm not talking about coming into a church. I'm talking about coming into his presence. Man, if you ever, if you ever, come on now, I'm telling you, man, I'm about to shout my own self down tonight. If you ever come into his presence, I'm telling you what, you know what, you'll, you'll have a desire to worship. You'll have a desire to serve him. Now, the world thinks we're crazy. And the world, they, they don't understand this. And by the way, when I say world, I'm talking about you have loved ones and friends who claim to be born again. They claim to be saved. Now, that's all they ever say. They don't talk about Christianity, don't talk about the Lord, don't talk about the Bible, don't talk about church. But if you say, are you saved? They're saying, oh, yeah, I'm saved. And I dare say most, most of those, a big percentage of those who in, in the Bible Belt say they're saved, are about as lost as can be. But those who look at you sort of funny and they say, seriously? You back on Sunday night. Y'all have Sunday night service? Yeah. And y'all go on Sunday night? Sure do. Every Sunday night? Absolutely. And then you mean y'all have a Wednesday service? Yes. Midweek church, midweek refueling time. And you go on Wednesday night. Yeah, absolutely. And you mean to tell me, and you, wait a minute, let me, I want to make sure I get this straight. You mean to tell me that you go into that money-grabbing church, that money, you go, you go hear that money-grabbing preacher, and you actually take money out of your wallet and drop it in an offering plate? I mean, is it, are you serious? And I mean, they, they sort of look at us funny and, and they say, you, you mean you gave money to that missionary? You just, you just heard him one time. You don't know him? He's never come to your house and ate a meal, no? And you gave him, you gave him money and you support those, uh, those, those missionaries? And wait, wait a minute. Now, I'm trying to figure this out. You mean to tell me that you go to a nursing home every Sunday morning? What? Oh, we're saved. We're saved. Of course, we can't get out of bed by 11. But we're saved. 
But you mean tell me you get up extra early and you go to the nursing home and you push wheelchairs and, and you minister to those elderly people and, and you preach to them and you love them. and You mean to tell me you're going to the public school ministry and you mean to tell me that you're going to the jail? I mean, you, you, you mean to tell me that you actually go in there and care about those inmates that nobody else cares about? And uh, You mean to tell me that you come early and you stay late and, and you know what? They look at you and they want to know, man, what's, what's wrong with you? What's your problem? And here is my my problem. I don't have a religion. I've got a relationship. And the reason when you go to church on Sunday morning, Sunday night, and they say to you, what do you do? Just go to church all the time? Seriously? Because we go to church on Sunday morning, Sunday night, and then we go to church an hour and a half on Wednesday. We go to church all the time. You know why they say stuff like that? Because what they have is a religion. Oh, yes, good neighbor. You know the difference? (laughs) They came into his presence. Come on now, come on. You know the difference? They heard about him, 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 heard about him. Hey, they read about him, read about him, read about him. They heard teaching on him. They traveled and 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 traveled. But old friend, I want to tell you what, there came a day when they walked into the house and they came into his presence. When they came into his presence, hey, they fell down in order to worship. Aren't we glad we came to church on Wednesday night? Amen. What's the difference, preacher, in the world and born-again Christians? The world has religion, and born-again Christians have a relationship. Makes all the difference in the world. Relationship makes all the difference in the world. Think about it. Relationship makes all the difference in the world. Every once in a while, in fact, sometimes quite often, we'll have people call the church, and they'll say, Pastor, and I don't know these folks from Adam. And they'll say, Pastor, can you help us? Can you help pay our light bill? Preacher, can you give us some money for groceries? And we don't know them. And sometimes they're very nice, and sometimes they're not so nice. And they'll say, Preacher, can you help us? And here's the thing. Quite often, we help them. Even though we don't know them. Now, sometimes I'll ask a question or two. And I'll say, well, tell me your situation. What's going on? How is it that you couldn't pay the light bill? You say, preacher, being pretty personal. Well, hey, friend, if we're going to give you money, then you ought to tell us what's going on. Amen? And we'll say, well, you know, tell me your situation. Well, preacher, I lost my job or, you know, this or that. And, uh, and I'll say, well, where did you work? And, and, and wait a minute now. We just, y- y- you know why? You know why I asked some questions? You know why? We don't have a relationship. I don't even know. I don't even know. But wait a minute. Oh, you let my phone ring, and that little redhead pops up. And she says, honey, she don't have to say anything else. I'm like, what do you need, babe? What do you need? What do you need? Am I telling the truth? Man, I'll, I'll bend over backwards. 
hey, I'm gonna tell you something. If my kids call and say, Daddy, Daddy, we got a need. Daddy, this is not just something we want. Daddy, we've got a need. We've got a need. I'm going to tell you what. We're going to bend over backwards and forwards to try to meet that need. You know why? Because we have a relationship. We have a relationship. <laughs> oh, listen to me, church. Uh, somebody says, well, we've got to go back tonight. Are you kidding me? I don't have to go back. I get to go back. You mean to tell me y'all are really having church on Christmas Eve? Yeah, we are. I mean, y'all got to go on Christmas Eve? No. Don't have to. We get to. Man, it's a, it's a privilege. You know why? We came to his presence. Man. Whoa. That's good, isn't it? Man, what a perfect picture of salvation. Last of all, we not only notice a reason for their coming and a relationship established and a rendering of worship. Look at this, Calvary. We notice a return That's significantly different. Look at Matthew chapter 2, verse number 12. The Bible says in Matthew 2, verse 12, and being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod. Look at this last line. The Bible says they departed into their own country. What's the last two words? Another way. Oh, come on. They returned home a different way. Wow. (laughs) <laughs> that's in order tonight, man. I'm telling you what, if somebody don't do it, I think the rocks are gonna cry out tonight. Hey, I wanna tell you what, think about it. It was no longer feasible. It was no longer feasible to go back the way they came. The former route was no longer the way that they should go. After they came into his presence and after they established a relationship, everything changed. And they went back a different way. Did you know that things, now church, I'm not preaching heresy tonight. Did you know that things will change after relationship with Christ? 2 Corinthians 5, 17, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Somebody says, preacher, are you trying to tell me I'm lost? I'm not trying to tell you anything. I'm just telling you that if you claim to be saved and there's not been a change, there's not been a change. If you're not going home a different way, if you're still cussing like you always cussed and still drinking like you always drank and still smoking like you always smoke and still drugging like you always drugged and still carousing like you always carouse, I'm gonna tell you what. There's something wrong somewhere. Wow. Listen to this. Somebody said it like this. If I had a car with the engine that was ready for the grave, I'd have a new engine put in. I'd take the car into a mechanic who would put it in for me. If when I got that car back, it ran just as poorly I'd begin to wonder if the old really had been replaced or just cleaned up. And so it is with our new lives in Christ. Man, oh man, when, I, when you get born again, he doesn't just clean up your motor. He puts a new one in. Oh man, I'm telling you. I'm so glad I came here tonight, man. Thank God I got a new motor 42 years ago. And boy, she purrs like a kitten, I'm telling you, man. Amen. This little story said it like this. Once there was a briar growing in a ditch 
And there came along a gardener with his spade. As he dug around it and lifted it up, the briar said to itself, what is he doing? Doesn't he know I'm a worthless briar? But the gardener took it into his garden and planted it amid his flowers while the briar said, wait a minute, what a mistake he's made planting me among these beautiful roses. Then the gardener came once more and made a slit in the briar with a sharp knife. He grafted it with a rose, and when summer came, lovely roses were blooming on that old briar. Then the gardener said, your beauty is not due to what came out, but to what I put in. Man. Anybody else glad you're saved tonight? Anybody else glad you came into his presence? (laughs) Man, I'm about to have a Baptocostal fit right now, I'm telling you. Man, I'm so glad to be saved I can't even see straight. Thank God I'm saved. Amen. Let's bow our heads tonight. Father, we love you. And thank you for this time we've had together. Oh, Lord, thank you for reminding us of a so great salvation. And Lord, thank you for using, of all places, thank you for using this story of the wise men. Lord, to show us just how wonderful, wonderful salvation really is. Oh, man. Thank you, Lord, that I don't attend a church that promotes religion. Thank you, Lord, that I go somewhere that promotes a relationship. And Lord, I just want to personally say thank you. Thank you for the day. I had heard about you, heard about you, heard about you, heard about you, heard about you. (laughs) But oh God, I'm so thankful for the day when I came into your presence and you saved my unworthy soul. Lord, I pray tonight that you'd help us to be a a thankful people, grateful people for our salvation. And then, Lord, help us to spread the word. God, help us to be in the business of introducing others to the Savior. Thank you for truth. Thank you for your book tonight, Lord. And thank you for giving us your precious Holy Spirit that inspires us and meets with us and encourages us, edifies us. Thank you, Lord. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. I just wonder if there might be somebody here tonight that needs to make a decision. Wednesday night's a good night to do that. And so with our heads bowed, let's just stand all over the house tonight. And if you're here this evening, and I have no earthly idea, but you're here this evening, say, preacher, I need a relationship. I need, I need to be saved. If that's you, if you'll just come, We'll meet you here, and we'll be glad to take a Bible and show you how you can know that you know that you're going to heaven when you die. And then it could be somebody might need you to just come and tiptoe down to this altar and just speak a word to the Lord of Lords and say, Lord, thank you for saving my unworthy soul. Thank you for saving me. Thank you, Lord, for that day that I came into your presence. We're going to pause just for a moment. And if you need to come, the altars are open. You come tonight while we wait. Heavenly Father, have thy way. God, thank you for the Christmas season. 
God, help us to be grateful. Thank you, Lord, for a so great salvation. Thank you that it changes us, transforms us. God, work in every heart tonight and help us go away grateful. Walking, Lord, with that attitude of gratitude. Thank you, Lord.